Hi, and welcome to this episode of my podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hashemi. A while ago, I read a post by a mother in a Facebook homeschool group, and she said, quote, you can have a smart kid or a sane parent, but definitely not both, end quote. This really triggered some thoughts in me, and I ended up writing back then a wordy blog. I published it on my website. And now a few months later, I feel like I haven't fully digested the triggers and I want to revisit it here with you. Okay, so I get it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. The world may seem upside down to some people right now and being cooped up with your kids all day and night while trying to entertain and educate them could quite easily lead to extreme conclusions like what this mother said. But Does the successful upbringing of our children have to come at the cost of our sanity as parents? In my opinion, it doesn't. And frankly, it shouldn't. And that's what this episode is about. This is my renewed look at myself and how I overcame a similar constraining belief during the early phase of my parenting journey. I share three basic tools that helped me keep my sanity in check, and I hope it resonates with you. So do you know why that post about a parent's sanity triggered me to the extent that I'm recording this episode on a podcast? It's because it wasn't too long ago when I was that mother. I was in her shoes, having convinced myself that my sanity and many other elements of myself must be sacrificed for the sake of my children. I took pride in coming second to my children's needs. I clearly had a different definition of priorities back then. My parental compass was aligned with how I had been parented, and it was also impacted by comparisons to those who were surrounding me. I remembered all the sacrifices that my parents made for my brother and I, and I felt obligated to somehow replicate most of it for my kids in my way. I went as far as feeling guilty to do anything for myself should it temporarily affect my children or family in some negative way and heaven forbid cause some discomfort for any of them. And sure enough, somewhere while I was floating as a parent in the realm of expectations and self-criticism, I got lost. I went through a period of uncertainty. Um, Don't get me wrong, I was an amazing mom all along to toot my own horn, but not an amazing friend to myself. And that slowly led to layers upon layers of resentment and frustration. I'm not ashamed of my experience, nor am I um, trying to put a guilt trip on myself. In fact, I now smile when I think back to me back then, because that was the necessary foundation of who I am today. So what changed 
Well, uh, here are three basic mindset shifts that jump-started my journey, and I'd like to share them with you. First, I changed my lens. Um, what do I mean by that? So do you remember back in the day when those tinted eyeglasses were a thing? Um, I remember owning like a blue and a purple pair. And every time I wore them, I felt, I felt a little different. I mean, even right now, if you were to try on tinted glasses, um, like, you know, the funky colored ones, the moment you put them on, something pretty interesting happens in your mind. It's very subtle, but it's there. So anyway, these the tinted, figuratively speaking, the tinted lens through which I was seeing my reality as a parent was the first hurdle I had to overcome. And it's easy to get stuck in a certain shade, figuratively speaking again, especially when life's challenges pile up and snapping out of that lens and then exchanging it with another definitely sounds easier said than done. And sometimes it can be a little scary too. But for me, that's exactly what I needed. I had to squint a little and see my reality for what it was, even if that wasn't the most comfortable experience for me. And in hindsight, it's one of those all or nothing experiences where once you see it, once you experience it, once you acknowledge that you're stuck behind a pair of tinted eyeglasses in your life, you can't unsee it. And for me, prioritizing myself for the first time within the context of my family is what I needed. And the pieces of the puzzle slowly came together. The second uh, thing I did or tool that I used is I figured out how to find myself within each of my different roles that I played as a mom or as a person, I should say. I mean, as parents, like all these roles we play and the hats we wear, they can leave us feeling pretty confused and surprisingly even empty. It's great to know how to masterfully juggle four or five balls at a time, but it's not so great if you can't take a single step forward in your life just because you have this fear of dropping one of these balls. For me, having sacrificed my career as an attorney, um, having sacrificed having my own law practice and financial independence, to be fully present in the upbringing of my kids was not easy. Then taking on the role of homeschool teacher, uh, my children's social life coordinator, and, and of course, housewife, it tipped my scale toward living each role like I was the jack of all trades and master of none. And I felt tired in every realm of my existence. And not because of the roles I had taken on. Um, it, it wasn't a matter of regret, but it was because I could no longer find myself within each role. So thankfully, once I had experienced this 
truly fascinating magic of changing my mindset and my thought filter, I was able to be more honest with myself. I was a parent, but what did I truly stand for? Which elements of my upbringing did I want to repeat? And which ones was I brave enough to dismiss and reject? To what extent was I allowing the image of other mothers to infiltrate my sense of identity? And what was I willing to do about that? I was a homeschool teacher, but what did homeschooling really mean to me? Was I trying to replicate public school at home? How comfortable was I with giving my kids more freedom to learn more from daily life than from their workbooks? And once I started asking these questions without a tinted lens controlling my thoughts, more questions came up. And this time, I was ready and willing to answer them. The third uh, tool that I used, so to say, um, was that I learned to accept that not every goal is a final destination. So this stage of my little epiphany is still ongoing and definitely a work in progress. Let me tell you, this one is not as easy as it sounds. Um, Just to give you some background, like I used to think that once I thought up of a goal, I would do whatever it takes to achieve that goal. And then I would move on to a new goal. And that's what a goal meant to me. And that's all good if the goal is something like passing the bar exam after finishing law school or losing 20 pounds or saving a certain amount of money to buy something. But this mentality didn't serve me well in a dynamic context where my children were growing up and changing faster than I could keep up with. I mean, for example, I I envisioned a clear goal of completing like first grade math with my daughter using a specific book. And I had, you know, the table of contents all written out throughout my calendar. And, you know, every day we had to stay on track. And becoming fixated on finishing a certain curriculum was not necessarily a helpful goal when my child was, in fact, a more kinesthetic visual learner who didn't care for workbooks. She needed to touch things. She needed to grasp the concept at a much deeper level than for me to check off the items on on the table of contents of a a workbook. Similarly, um, I used to try to enforce a strict daily routine. And that was a sure fail for as long as I was focused on achieving this utopian rhythm at home where my girls would naturally follow along a certain flow of events and I wouldn't have to get all worked up about telling them to get dressed or to brush their teeth. My focus on that rhythm as an end goal, it blindsided me about whether or not my kids were developmentally even ready to understand what a routine was and why They had to ignore their natural desire to play and be unhindered in their deep creative moments in order to satisfy my goal of having a daily routine. Now I know that some goals must be fluid by design. That means allowing for life to get in the way 
and having that flexibility to maneuver around unavoidable events or needs while still having a strong image of the ultimate goal. In practice, this means that for my children, I adopted an eclectic homeschooling approach. This is what works for us. We pick and choose what resonates for our day-to-day learning experiences while still having one eye on that age-appropriate state standards list. It also means having deeply observed and studied my kids' behavior and first trying, first understanding what type of assistance they need from me in order to execute the skill that I'm trying to teach them. So this has definitely been quite a journey for me, um, but one that I've shared with many parents, and it seems to resonate with many of them. And I think the reason it resonates with other parents is that most of us tend to go through these phases of parenthood, and each phase is different from the next. What matters most is that we see our journey as phases and open our hearts and minds to the idea that if we are currently feeling stuck or if our sanity is perhaps on the line, that we must pause, observe, and revise our mindset and then our behavior. From there on, it just gets easier and more intuitive. So what phase of parenting are you in right now? Are you a new parent trying to figure it out or a seasoned parent, but feeling stuck for some reason or other? Please know that no matter what, you are not alone. I personally would love to lend an ear if you ever need someone to talk to. I promise not to judge or impose my beliefs on you. Feel free to email me. My email is nikki.hashemi at gmail.com. And I'll put that in the episode notes. And if you enjoyed this or any of the other episodes on this podcast, I would be super grateful if you could just take a quick minute to write me a review on whichever platform you listen to it. It really goes a long way um, in my effort to get the word out about this podcast. I appreciate you and I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening.